Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is The Surge Effect, and I'm your host, Mike Surge. This podcast will be talking about anything and everything, life in general to current events and past events, and all things about this beautiful and wonderful world that we live in. And this podcast, well, it'll probably have an effect on you. Before we get started on today's podcast, let's talk about two different sponsors that we have. Our first sponsor is Love My Legs Own Sound Grey Bruce. Click on the link below in the description and head on over to their website, which is a Facebook site, has all different kinds of women's leggings on there, and they have three different styles of waistbands. And they are the only lifetime guarantee in the business. So head on over to their their website, their Facebook page, and check out what they have to offer. Our second sponsor for today is T-Shirts, She-Shirts. Once again, click on the link below in the description and head on over to their website and see what they have to offer. They are more than just a T-Shirt company. All right, let's get started with today's podcast. Well, hello again, and uh, welcome again to another episode of The Surge Affect. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to my podcast. Uh, Today's podcast, we are going to be talking a little bit about a recap in the last week and a half of uh, our House of Commons and what transpired. So I'm going to give you kind of the Coles Notes version uh, abbreviation. So instead of listening to a couple hours of them chatting and whatnot in, in our House of Commons in Canada, uh, you'll get kind of the uh, abbreviated version of question period with Pierre Polyev and Justin Trudeau. It's quite interesting over the last uh, couple of weeks, several days they weren't there. They're off doing other stuff, but I'm going to cover the days they were there. And before we get started, I just want to mention a couple of things. I just bought a new uh, monitor. It's a XG309CM. I'm going to put the uh, picture up here. Check them out. I got it on Amazon. What a fantastic monitor from Rogue. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, I mentioned before, but I'll mention again, I also bought these Rode uh, Caster Rode Mic podcasts, and I'm going to put them once again up here for you. They're phenomenal. You will really enjoy them. Uh, they do a great job for me, and um, that's all I got to say about that. All right, so let's get started with today's podcast. Um, first, we're going to talk about, uh, let's see here, January. This is uh, Pierre Polyev. This is January 29th, I do believe. So, and then we're going to go up to present day. Okay, here we go. Yes. vacation, which he got for free. He said, like most Canadians, friends welcomed him for that vacation. He took two, not one, but two private jets paid for by the taxpayer, uh, burning 100 tons of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. He wants to tax the heat and the food of Canadians. Did he pay the full carbon tax on each of the 100 tons of emissions that he put into the atmosphere as part of his $80,000 vacation? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. The Conservative leader has simply no plan to address climate change in this country, no plan to increase the resilience of our communities in the fight against climate change. Warming climate causes droughts. Droughts damage crops. 
damage crops, increase the food of the cost of groceries. And yet, the Conservative Party cannot even agree on whether or not climate change is real. Mr. Speaker, we will achieve our emissions reductions, all the while sending Canadians checks to help with the costs of rising, uh, rising prices. They're a real solution. Let me know what you think in the comments uh, in regards to climate change. Um, let me know what you think. Pop it up in the comments. Uh, I'm just going to put the comment sign up there. Put it down below. Let me know what you think. Do you think climate change is real? Do you think it's a scam? Do you think we're getting scam taxed? And hey, leave a couple links to some um, to videos for other people to watch if you can find some scientists that will uh, will tell you otherwise. It's uh, it's out there. It's out for the for you to for you to see. All right. The honor the honorable leader of the opposition. Well, he says the greenhouse gas emissions are driving up grocery prices. He put 100 tons of those emissions in the atmosphere for his personal vacation. This is high tax, high flying, high carbon hypocrisy. Meanwhile, Canadians in Edmonton are facing, we're facing minus 50 degree temperatures on which they were paying carbon taxes just to, to heat their homes and stay alive. Given that he gives himself a free vacation at other people's expense will at least allow Canadians to heat their homes without his tax. The right honourable Prime Minister. The Conservative leader likes to talk about the challenges Canadians are facing on the cost of living, but he refuses to take action in support of them. Uh, we, uh, he chose to delay the passage of Bill C-59, uh, which is also hurting his own caucus. Does the member for Battleford's Lloyd Minster now suddenly oppose maternity leave for adoptive parents. Surely the member for Cumberland Colchester won't back down on his advocacy to remove the GST on therapy and counseling services. While the Conservative leader is muzzling his own caucus and putting himself first, we'll keep putting Canadians. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. just too easy. <laughs> he walked into it. He had to muzzle a member from Newfoundland who called for an end to his leadership, joining another senator who did the same, because they understand that their constituents are literally starving and unable to heat their homes because the Prime Minister is quadrupling the carbon tax, doubling housing costs, and giving the worst inflation in 40 years. Why won't he listen to, instead of intimidating, his member for Newfoundland and put his leadership up to a review for his... The Right Honourable Prime Minister. on housing that are going to create half a million new homes across this country over the year. We're working hand in hand with uh, community leaders, with mayors. We're making sure that we're moving forward on the priorities that are facing Canadians. Uh, in terms of standing up for his caucus, the leader across the way uh, will not even uh, mention the fact that uh, the person sitting three seats to his left sat dined with a far-right conservative uh, uh, German politician uh, and wants to abolish the United Nations. It's abolishing the United Nations now, the official position of the Conservative Party of Canada. So that was uh, Christine Anderson that um, he was talking about. He was talking about Christine Anderson, uh, the representative from Germany. Uh, and um, the, the um, Lavalin, 
she sat down with um, Love Story, Leslie Lewis. I'm sorry, Leslie Lewis. She sat down with uh, Anderson and had had a, had a meal, and uh, for that. She's, she's called out and says that she's just not the other thing. Once again, hey, leave your comments below. Let me know what you think. All right, so this is the next day. Moving forward, next day. Here we go. The Honorable Leader of the Opposition. When the Prime Minister doubled the debt, drove inflation and interest rates to their highest levels in a generation, he said he had no choice. Every penny he spent was necessary. Along comes ArriveCan, a $54 million app we didn't need, didn't work and could have been done for two or three hundred thousand dollars. Now we learn, uh, based on the Ombudsman's audit, that 76 percent of the contractors did absolutely no work for the money they received. Will the Prime Minister get taxpayers back this stolen money and stop the waste that is not worth the cost? The Honourable Deputy Prime Minister, Minister of Finance. Trudeau wasn't there that day. Second day into our house after they had uh, their big hiatus and uh, he wasn't there. But here she is. Mr. Speaker, Canadians have learned through bitter experience that when Conservatives talk about the public finances, what they're really talking about is cutting the government support Canadians depend on. What they are talking about is cutting early learning and childcare, which is supporting labor force participation at record levels in Canada, and by the way, making life more affordable for Canadian families. They want to cut dental care, Mr. Speaker. They want to cut essential investments in our green future. Indeed. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. We want to cut waste and mismanagement that has risen to a level that is not worth the cost after eight years of this Prime Minister. Speaking of wasteful, uh, this Prime Minister loves to lecture Canadians on how they use energy. Uh, he says that he's just like every other Canadian when he uh, stays with a friend at an $89,000 a week vacation. The average Canadian uh, emits 15 tonnes of carbon per year. His trip emitted 100 tons of carbon in one week. Did he pay the full carbon tax on each ton he admitted for his luxurious vacation? The Honourable Deputy Prime Minister and Minister tonight. Mr. Speaker, since we're asking questions of MPs, I have a couple of questions for the Leader of the Opposition. government mansion that he lives in cost. That would be interesting for Canadians to understand. And, you know, the good news for Canadians is we're helping them with the cost of heating with the carbon rebate. So I want to know, did his family cash their carbon rebate check? It's almost a thousand bucks. That's what we call deflection. So she's deflecting the question in, that Pierre Polyev just asked her a question about, and she said, oh, he has a 19-room mansion. Well, a lot of people probably don't realize, but this place here is 24 Sussex. This is where the prime minister lives. If you see there in the bottom, it has 34 rooms in it. I wonder how much it costs us taxpayers to heat that place. Just curious, but hey, she's the one that's asking the questions about his 19-room. This has 34 it is wild. Here we go. The Honorable Leader of the Opposition. I can tell the, the member that I pay for my own vacations and that of my family. I bet he does. 
Mr. Speaker, Canadians who pay for their own vacations are also paying too much for food. We have a bill, a common sense conservative bill, C-2-3-4, that would take the carbon tax off the farmers that feed us and the consumers that desperately need to put nutrition on their table. Will the Prime Minister stop blocking the bill, pass this law, so that Canadians can afford food? Yeah. The Honourable Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Finance. You know, Mr. Speaker, people who live in glass houses really should not throw stones. And the Leader of the Opposition may be bragging about what he pays for, but I think Canadians should understand he doesn't pay any rent on that 19-room mansion that he lives in. In fact, he's been on the government payroll for more than 20 years, and he qualified for a full pension at 35 years. And now he wants to take the rebates away from Ontario families. A thousand bucks a year, he wants to take that away. Once again, she's doing some more deflection. But here I'm just going to show you another clip here. Prime Minister's Lakeside residents undergoing $8.6 million worth of renovations. And I will show you another one here while we're talking about, you know, ministers charging, you know, the taxpayers money and all that fun stuff. Here's another one. Of course, 24 Sussex I just told you about. $37 million is needed to fix that place up because they said it's deteriorating. And uh, she's talking about Silly nonsense in the uh, opposition leader's residence. Ridiculous. Oh. The honorable member, the honorable leader of the opposition. Don't care, Mr. Speaker. They want to cut essential investments in our green future. Indeed. Indeed. The honorable leader of the opposition. We want to cut. Canadian uh, emits 15 tons of carbon per year. His trip emitted a hundred. Prime Minister and Minister of Finance. Questions of MPs. Just speeding up a bit. Cheating that he lives in Canadians. So the good thing cash their carbon. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. I can tell the, the member that I pay for my own vacations and that of my family. <laughs> Mr. Speaker, Canadians who pay for their own vacations are also paying too much for food. We have a bill, a common sense conservative bill, C-2-3-4, that would take the carbon tax off the farmers that feed us and the consumers that desperately need to put nutrition on their table. Will the Prime Minister stop blocking the bill, pass this law so that Canadians can afford food? The Honourable Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Finance. You know, Mr. Speaker, people who live in glass houses really should not throw stones. And the Leader of the Opposition may be bragging about what he pays for, but I think Canadians should understand he doesn't pay any rent on that 19-room mansion that he lives in. In fact, he's been on the government payroll for more than 20 years. Sounds like a broken record, doesn't it? Anyway, we're going to uh, slip on to the next day, which I believe is the 30. Making political attacks. Uh. The opposition. One second here, just going to cue this up again. Sorry. 
There we go. Making political attacks. Uh. The opposition. Mr. Speaker, our priorities are, priorities are clear. We're going to axe the tax, build the homes, fix the budget, and stop the crime. Stop the auto theft that has run rampant under this Prime Minister. He's now throwing a cape over his back, claiming that he's the hero on auto theft, but it's actually tripled in Toronto, and it's up by 100% in Montreal after he brought in catch and release and house arrest for car thieves, and after his incompetence allowed our ports to spin out of control and our cars to be exported to overseas crime and terror networks. Why doesn't he reverse his policies instead of another meeting? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Because this is a serious situation. Canadians are concerned about this. Uh, and the Conservative leader just chooses to whip out his empty slogans and continue uh, to blame everyone. Well, we're getting to work. We're pulling together stakeholders and leaders from across the government uh, to look at, from across governments to look at uh, what more we can do. We've had, we've seen successes. CBSA agents have intercepted over 1,600 stolen cars uh, last year in 2023. But there's more to do. We're going to continue to make uh, the steady uh, work and investments necessary to keep Canadians safe and to keep crime down. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. To keep crime down. Crime is way up. Violent crime is up 40% under this Prime Minister. And uh, today he, held, he had his ministers hold a big press conference as their solution. And in it, they put out a press release that said, and I quote, in 2022, approximately 9,600 vehicles were stolen in the Toronto area alone, representing a 300% increase since 2015, end quote. Wow. What happened in 2015? <laughs> I know, he happened, Mr. Speaker. How can we make him unhappen and stop the crime? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. In 2015, Stephen Harper presented a budget that had slashed funds for policing, slashed funds uh, for CBSA officers, slashed funding for Veterans Affairs Services, and we were there to clean up the mess, to cut taxes for the wealthiest 1%, lower them for the middle class, to support families, to start moving forward on gun control in real ways while the Conservatives rose up to the American gun lobby. We've Toronto, auto thefts are up 300% since he took office. His solution is to hold a summit. He held a summit on food prices. Food prices went up. He held a summit on housing. Housing costs doubled. How much is crime going to rise after all the bigwigs go to his summit? <laughs> has trouble believing that we would actually include real facts in our press release, something he and the Harper government never did for years. Yes, Mr. Speaker, there is a real challenge around auto theft in this country, and our solution 
solution is to roll up our sleeves, pull together partners from across the country, and get to solving it. His solution, throw his hands up in the air, blame a, a raft of, uh, of political attacks on us, and continue uh, to see uh, that he's not putting forward any real solutions. Mr. Speaker. Center is right. Before the holidays, Canadians all witnessed the leader of the opposition forcing his caucus to turn their back on Ukraine. They turned their backs on fundamental Canadian principles and bowed down to the pro-Russian narrative. I know the leader won't change his mind, but Ukrainian Canadians across the prairies are hoping that at least some brave Conservative MPs will do the right thing and vote their conscience and their principles. Let everyone in this House who stands with Ukraine stand up and be counted. I know it's Wednesday, I know it's caucus day, I know that people are, are primed up, but I'm going to ask members, please, uh, let us uh, restrain ourselves so that we can hear the questions uh, and we can hear the answers. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Mr. Speaker, what this Prime Minister has is a pro-Russia energy policy that forces the Europeans to buy their energy from Russia by denying Canadians the ability to sell our own. He prefers military equipment for Putin instead of paychecks for Canadians. Canadians. He does want to export detonators and turbines to Putin so he can pump his gas and power his landmines. Why doesn't he stop using Ukraine as a political tool and actually do something to stand up and help win the war? to support a renegotiation and a renewal of the Canada-Ukraine free trade deal. In this House, everyone except Conservative MPs stood up to support Vladimir Zelensky. The, the Prime Minister has 10, minutes, 10 seconds left on the clock. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask all members, I'm going to ask in particular the member from Dufferin Caledon, please. Uh, to allow the answer to be heard so that, because it's not only important for all of us and for Canadians to hear that, but it's important for members, especially members who require translation. They can't hear over the heckling. So let us make sure that we have an opportunity to hear clearly the questions and the answers. The Honourable Prime Minister, 10 seconds left on the call. Mr. Speaker, Ukrainian Canadians from across the prairies are begging their MPs to please stand up for Ukraine. Will they do that, Mr. Speaker, in the upcoming Ukraine free trade vote? The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Mr. Speaker, on this, like every else, everything else, he is a fake and yep. he is a phony.
They won't like that. That'll be unparliamentary. Call a spade to spade. Doesn't like it. He's getting, uh, Speaker of the House is getting some information from, uh, from the side man there. So we can make a ruling. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition is a well-experienced man in, uh, in Parliament. I'd, I would caution him to avoid using uh, language like that that could cause disruption and could be interpreted differently. The Honourable Member uh, from, uh, from the top, uh, the Honourable Leader of the Opposition. His carbon tax deal does not distract from the fact that he announced $400 million in surface-to-AR equipment that he has still not delivered. Right. What he did deliver is detonators to Putin so that Putin could put them in landmines and blow up Ukrainians. He delivered a turbine that was refurbished in Montreal so that Putin could put it in his pipelines and pump gas and make money off Europe that we should be bringing home to this country. Why is it that he always stands up for the dirty dictators like Putin instead of the paychecks for our people? Again, I would caution all members uh, to be very careful about how they impugn motivations to other members, specifically to specific members. And this is, was a subject of a declaration which the chair had made back in October. And I encourage all members to please refer to it again uh, to making sure that we keep on the right side of parliamentary language. The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, when the Leader of the Opposition refers to Ukraine as some faraway foreign land, when he continues to insist that all of his MPs, including Ukrainian-Canadian MPs, vote against a free trade agreement that Volodymyr Zelensky is asking us to vote for to support Ukraine, he can't hide behind the kind of misinformation and disinformation that he regularly peddles in. It's very simple, Mr. Speaker. Will the members of the, the Conservatives... So I am going to remind... I'm going to remind all members again. I know it's Wednesday. And I know... And I know that all members... But as I had... that I just made a, a statement to the uh, to, to a member in this house I will make it again please be I would invite all members to please listen to their whips for a second and I will it's important I invite all members, please, to be very careful about impugning uh, uh, motivations or associating members with uh, governments that we do find uh, in this House uh, to be disreputable, if not odious. So I'm just looking for all of us to make sure that we stay on the right, that we all 
uh, wait and do our turn. And I will ask the honourable member from South Shore St. Margaret's to please uh, come and speak to me at the chair and we'll have an opportunity to discuss this. The honourable leader of the opposition. Mr. Speaker, he could not point to a single thing that I said that was untrue because it is all factual. It is a fact that we already have a, an excellent trade agreement with Ukraine, that it does not include a carbon tax, and that there is no need for a carbon tax to be in any free trade agreement. In fact, there never has been a need for a carbon tax in any other free trade agreement in the history. But while he remembered a carbon tax, he, for, he forgot to include in the deal a ban on him sending detonators and, turbi and turbines over to Putin. Why is it that he's so determined to allow Putin to acquire weapons and money rather than having a real free trade deal with Ukraine? See, there's a carbon carbon tax in that free trade agreement. Of course, people might not understand what's going on. Maybe they don't pay a lot of attention, but this is why I do these posts, so hopefully to keep people informed. Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, the leader of the official opposition has an opportunity to correct the record from him having called Ukraine a faraway foreign land by allowing his Ukrainian MP, Ukrainian Canadian MPs at the very least to vote in favor of the renewal of the Canada-Ukraine Free Trade Agreement coming up uh, for a vote in the coming days. It is an opportunity for those who choose to stand with Ukraine to stand with Ukraine in this House and be counted. Why is he muzzling his Ukrainian-Canadian MP? The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Percent in united in our support of Ukraine and in our opposition to carbon tax. And our opposition to the carbon tax. Bingo. This is what he does. He divides. He wants to distract from the fact that he doubled housing costs, caused 30 homeless encampments in Halifax, caused shootings to go up by 100%, drug overdoses up by 300%. It is no wonder that he would want to use fear and falsehoods to distract from his many failures, and that is exactly what he is doing. Why won't he finally unite this country instead of trying to divide and conquer? Mr. Speaker, this House used to be united in its support of Ukraine and its support of Volodymyr Zelensky. And yet now we see. Please ask the Prime Minister to start up again. I'm going to ask all members please to listen to the response without interruption so that we can have an orderly House. Prime Minister from the, from the top. Mr. Speaker, this House used to be united in its unequivocal support for Ukraine, and then the Leader of the Opposition disparagingly referred to Ukraine as a faraway foreign land, something for which he has not yet apologized, uh, and has demanded that all his MPs, including Prairie MPs who have strong Ukrainian-Canadian populations, vote against a free trade deal that Volodymyr Zelensky has deliberately and directly asked Canadians to support. When will he stand up for Ukraine? Mr. Speaker, supporting journalists and local media is very important for this government, particularly at this time 
that is challenging. This is why we put forth C18, which will help our journalists at all levels to continue operating. Why do they keep rebel news who are journalists? Why do they keep them out of uh, any of their, uh, when they're having interviews or if they're having speeches or doing whatever? They always push Rebel News out. And if you go online and check it out, you'll see what I'm talking about. Always. They always bash Rebel News. They're journalists. They're asking tough questions. That's why. When these people who are journalists are asking tough questions, they don't like it, whether it's in Canada or the States. Think about it. We'll be here to support free and independent press that is professional. We know there's a lot of work to be done still at this time of uncertainty, and we will be here to work with all parties who want to protect journalism, unlike the Conservatives. No, no, the Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Years, this Prime Minister is not worth the cost of housing, which has doubled since he promised to lower it. But there is good news. Rent is down for the eighth consecutive month in the United States. Right. Meanwhile, it has more than doubled under this Prime Minister. It's up 9% in the last uh, year alone. Can the Prime Minister explain why is rent going down in the States while it skyrockets under his leadership here at home? Okay. Right Honourable Prime Minister. I'd like to give the Leader of the Opposition another opportunity to apologize for referring to Ukraine as disparagingly as a faraway foreign land. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Speaker, the question was about rent in Canada. Rent prices have doubled after eight years of this Prime Minister. They have tripled in his home city of Montreal. And now, according to the Home Builders of Canada, they expect that construction numbers will actually plummet this year relative to the prior years. They say that this will lead to higher prices and they say we require a quote, policy changes to reverse it. Will the Prime Minister finally accept a common sense plan to build the homes so Canadians can afford the rent? The right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, once again, I didn't hear an apology to Ukrainians. Uh, I encourage him to do that. People are waiting for it. At the same time, Mr. Speaker, I can remind this House uh, that we have signed uh, dozens of housing accelerator fund agreements uh, across the country that are leading to the construction of hundreds of thousands of new homes in the coming years. We've eliminated GST off of purpose-built rental apartments. Uh, we're moving forward on an interest-free uh, savings account for first-time homebuyers. But again, I encourage the Leader of the Opposition to apologize for referring to Ukraine as some faraway foreign land. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Speaker, it just proves that what I said earlier, he's not interested in Ukraine. When I asked about rental prices, he started spreading disinformation about Ukraine. He couldn't care less about the war effort over there. He only cares about distracting from his failures at home. One of his failures is the tripling of rents in Montreal. And the Builders Association has said that this year will be one of the worst. Why, Mr. Speaker, are rents plummeting in the U.S. when they're skyrocketing here in Canada? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. This House, for well over 150 years, has been here 
to recognize the debates uh, and follow what people have been doing. And if he is suggesting that Hanser, the official record of this House in which he said Ukraine is a faraway foreign land, uh, is somehow misinformation or disinformation, we should come right out and say so. Uh, in terms of housing, we continue to invest across the country, including in Quebec. Quebec is doubling the 900 million we put forth for housing. The opposition rent, and instead he turned and made false attacks against me. Apparently, I'm living rent-free in his head. Yeah. Here's the reality: rent is going down in the states while it's coming up in Canada. Housing costs have risen 40 percent faster than the, the incomes of Canadians, the worst record in the G7, and the second worst in the OECD. If the Prime Minister's plan were really working, why is it that housing costs have doubled and our housing is becoming less affordable than almost any developed country in the world? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. I think I'm going to leave aside the question of where exactly he's living rent-free uh, and focus on the supports we're giving to Canadians. We are continuing to invest in meaningful ways in partnership with municipalities, uh, with unions and building trades, with provinces across the country to solve this housing crisis that Canadians are feeling so acutely. Whether it's cutting the GST from purpose-built rental, whether it's uh, moving forward with a tax-free savings account for first time homebuyers, whether it's putting $4 billion in the pockets of municipalities across the country to increase density, to cut red tape, we are taking action on, on housing. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Yes, he does a lot to increase housing costs. Rents have doubled, mortgage has, has doubled. According to the news, the rental market says that rents continue to skyrocket in Quebec at the same time that construction starts are dropping considerably. Can the PM finally stop building bureaucracy so we can finally start building homes? The Right Honourable Prime Minister, the housing plan from the Conservative leader is mostly treating Quebec officials like they're incompetent. We are working with Quebec officials, with, uh, the, with the provinces and the municipalities to invest. And I'd like to underscore that the 900,000 we put forward to accelerate housing construction in Quebec was doubled by the Quebec government to ensure... So how many times did he mention uh, the Ukraine on that? Quite a few. It's uh, it's quite something to keep saying the same thing about you know Ukraine being a far off land. Well, it is a far off land, but we've already given about a billion dollars to the Ukraine, and this is what I think that most Canadians believe in: that a nation that's in debt, which we are, we got no business borrowing more money to give to another nation and expecting taxpayers, us, to fund all that money as well as the interest. It's just, it's a it's a big ask. Considering we already gave them about a billion, and he, and he keeps saying whatever the cost. Well, what's the cost? At the cost of, of us Canadians' lives, our futures, our, our children, our grandchildren. I don't I don't understand it. These liberals have to stop stop this. We've 
give us a give us an account of the money that we sent. Where's where's the billion that we've already given them? Where's that money gone to? And what's it been used for? And they want more and more, and we're just going to keep giving them more. Just asking questions here, folks. Maybe you maybe you agree with me. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Next day, we're going to move on. Lots of we're going to move on here to the next day. Just queuing it up here. February the first. That was January thirty first. The last one. It was uh, quite heated at certain spots. Here we go. Lots of meetings, lots of photo ops, lots of spending, lots of car theft. After eight years, this prime minister is not worth the car theft crime, which is up 300% in Toronto and 100% in Montreal. This is a federal problem. It's his mismanagement of federal ports that allows our cars to be stolen and sent abroad. His... A quick release of criminals on capture and release who steal our cars is a federal matter and is mismanagement of our federal police force, which is responsible for organized crime. Will he reverse his failures so we can stop the car theft? The Honourable Minister for Public Security. Again, Mr. Speaker, the Leader of the Opposition uh, forgets one important thing that this government did in collaboration with the provinces from coast to coast. We strengthened bail conditions to ensure that precisely the circumstance that my honorable friend continues to repeat inaccurately is not the case. And I was very pleased that Premier Ford thanked our government at the event yesterday for working with them constructively to put these auto thieves behind bars and do everything we can to bring an end to this unacceptable practice. The Honorable Leader of the Opposition. Here are the facts. They brought in catch and release bail. They reversed part of it. But guess where catch and release remains in place even after their most recent bill? Car theft. So car thieves can still get catch and release same day bail because of this Prime Minister's amendment to the Federal Criminal Code. Ports are federal. He mismanaged them. The RCMP is federal. He mismanaged that. The criminal code is federal. He brought in catch and release. Won't he own up to his failures, reverse these decisions so we can keep our cars? The Honourable Minister for Justice, Attorney General for Canada. Mr. Speaker, yesterday when the Minister of Public Safety and I were with the Premier... Listen to what this guy says at the very end when he sits down. He's got a hot mic on. You may or not hear hear what he says, but he uh, said an unparliamentary word to Pierre. Here of Ontario, what we announced was $121 million of funding to help with attacking crime in places like Ontario. What that will do was, was, is, will help to stop this flow of what we're seeing in terms of auto theft. The other thing we heard from the Premier and what we've heard from the law enforcement officials who were there is that if you want to tackle this, you've got to tackle organized crime. Interestingly, the Leader of the Opposition is directing his caucus to vote against anti-money laundering initiatives that are contained in the fall economic statement that would address exactly that. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Speaker, the Prime Minister has accomplished something that only he could do. Our central bank, which can create cash, is actually losing money. Now, how did this happen? He forced the central bank to create $600 billion of cash to to fund his overspending over the last three years. To pay for it, the bank makes deposits into the accounts of large financial institutions. Interest rates on those deposits, of course, have gone through the roof, meaning that taxpayers are now forced to bail out those losses. 
Will he admit that his incompetence now forces Canadians to pay twice, once for the inflation, the money printing cause, and twice to bail out the bank, which is failing? The Honourable President of the Treasury Board. Opposition is aware, but Canada has the lowest debt to GDP ratio and the lowest deficit in the G7. And what we do on this side of the house. Now, they keep saying about this ratio, GDP in, in our G7. If you were to do any homework at all, it didn't take me very long. It took me like a, a blip on the internet. But these are words that are used in our House of Commons. And when they continue to use the same, the same thing over and over again, I like to see what the what the heck they're talking about. So right there, if you if you see what it says there about our our GDP ratio, but the limit set of comparison countries appears to have been carefully selected, extending the analysis to include a broader group of countries and providing more accurate assessment of Canada's comparative indebtedness. Among 29 OECD countries which have comparable data available, Canada drops to 11th place in 2023 when ranked by net debt as a share of the economy. No longer best, just middle of the pack. This is what they keep saying though, right? But we, you know, the saying that we have the lowest GDP ratio in the G7. When they keep saying stuff like that, it throws people for a spin because they, they believe it to be, in fact, true when in fact it is not so you can call it misinformation disinformation or whatever you like to call it i just i just think it's i just think that it's a little um misleading let's go that let's go that way here we go promise was to axe the tax build the homes fix the budget and stop the crime Prime Minister, with the support of the NDP, passed catch and release that allows career car thieves to be released the same day they are caught stealing cars, to have house arrest, uh, and to have shorter sentences, many of which they serve in their living room watching Netflix. That has led to a 100% increase in car theft in Montreal and Ottawa, and a 300% increase in Toronto. Will they reverse these disastrous and reckless policies so that we can stop the crime? The Honourable Government Health Leader. Of course, this government has a comprehensive plan on auto theft. It's interesting, though, the leader this year, this week, is pretending to care about food prices and about competition in the grocery sector. He last, last this week he was he's pretending to care about auto theft, Mr. Speaker. But we find out that his campaign manager, the woman to whom he owes the leadership of this party, is addressing he and his caucus and advising them on food prices. What is her advice and what does he owe his campaign manager? The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Yeah, the advice is to axe the tax, build the homes, fix the budget. Yeah, yeah. This Prime Minister is not worth the cost and not worth the crime. We now are paying a billion dollars more in insurance premiums because he has led to a quadrupling of car thefts in Toronto. I have a common sense plan, which I rolled out today, to end house arrest and catch and release for career criminals and bring in three years of jail for three stolen cars. Will this government accept the common sense plan? Yeah. 
the Honorable Minister of Justice and Attorney General Pata. I'm very happy that the Leader of the Opposition, after reading a government press release, has finally tuned into this issue. But a couple of clarifications. Mandatory minimums for auto theft for repeat offences already exist in the Criminal Code. So you're not changing something that already exists. Secondly, as an aggravating factor for an auto theft that occurs with organized crime, that's already on the books too. 718.2 of the Criminal Code, Mr. Leader of the Opposition. Why don't we focus on things we can actually do? He just said a little something bad there. I'll let you, you can go back and listen to what he said, and uh, that's unparliamentary. Leader of the opposition. To mandatory minimums for car auto theft. And furthermore, the minister claimed that he brought in bail reform that would stop auto theft, only that their bail reform doesn't apply to auto theft. So he's got to read his own law before trumpeting it in the parliament. Mr. Speaker, they've given us a 300% increase in auto theft in Toronto, a 300% increase in auto claims this year alone. That is their record. We have a common sense plan to stop the crime. Why won't they implement it today? The Honourable Minister of Justice and Attorney General for Canada. Speaker, the Leader of the Opposition purports to be tough on crime. You know who I listen to about crime measures? Police officers. You know what they tell me, Mr. Speaker? They tell me that this isn't an individual crime. This is backed by people who are organized criminals. How do we deal with that? We get tough on money laundering. When he's asking me to read the law, I'd ask him to read C-59. That has measures that deal with money laundering that you're voting against. What's kind of ironic is this uh, Reef Arani, this is our new uh, attorney general, he had his SUV stolen the other day. He literally had his car stolen the other day. I know it's not funny when you have your stuff stolen by somebody, but he's literally arguing about what Pierre's saying about these these car thieves getting a lot out, let out. And his got stolen because the car thief got let out from stealing another vehicle. It's just, it's wild. It's wild. Wow. So this is uh, February the 6th. We're getting there. We're moving along now. This is the next uh, question period. We cut was auto theft. We cut auto theft by 50% under the previous common sense conservative government. And he's right. We did it at a lower cost to taxpayers. And he's also right that he reversed our reduction in auto theft because it has exploded by 32% since he took office, just as the bureaucracy has exploded. He has not put it into frontline officers. In fact, at the Port of Montreal, there's only five of them to inspect a half a million containers, only 1% of which get inspected. Why would he cut the high-priced consultants and bureaucrats and get boots on the ground? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. It would be more credible what the Leader of the Opposition was saying if he hadn't voted against uh, sending $121 million to the province of Ontario to fight against organized crime and car theft. If he hadn't, if he hadn't intended these, hadn't announced that he's voting against uh, our fight against money laundering, Mr. Speaker, he still has time to change his perspective and get behind our initiatives to fight organized crime, to fight auto theft, and to stand up for Canadians. He cut thousands of jobs under his previous government uh, from border services. We've invested in them. And we will continue to. The Honourable Member, the Honourable Leader of the Opposition. I'll say it softly and slowly so the Prime Minister can understand. We cut auto.
auto theft by 50 percent, right. by half, yes, while reducing the cost of the bureaucracy. And yes, we are voting against him putting hundreds of millions of dollars more into high-priced consultants and back-office bureaucrats that don't stop crime. My common sense plan will scan every container going out of the four biggest ports and put 75 border agents to do the inspections on the ground. Why can't we have more boots on the ground and fewer bureaucrats in office? The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Again, he talks about boots on the ground, but the government he was part of that he's taking credit for now actually cut thousands of jobs of boots on the ground at the Canada Border Services Agency. We've continued to step up uh, to support Canadians. It's funny all the people in the back, eh? They're all shouting, yeah, that's right. And they're just, yep, yep, that's right, that's right. It's like, I don't think they have a clue. Canadians, uh, they mention, like to mention C5, which is a bill that kept mandatory minimum penalties for car thefts on the book. They mention C75, which is a bill that raised maximum penalties on car theft. We're going to continue to invest in fighting money laundering and we hope, uh, and organized crime, and we hope that the Conservatives change their mind and vote with us to crack down on organized crime. Again, I'm going to ask all members, please, to uh, restrain themselves so they can listen to the questions and to the answers. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. He's hiked the cost, he's hiked the crime, he's not worth the cost, he's not worth the crime after eight years. He's also not worth the hypocrisy. Mr. Speaker, the Prime Minister has been claiming for months that he had no involvement in or knowledge of the invitation of a former Nazi soldier to the visit of the Ukrainian president. Now we know that he personally invited that same individual. He actually said the opposite. And he said that the former Speaker had to resign over doing the exact same thing. So will he hold himself to the very same standard and admit that he's not fit for office? That's in fact true. That came out the other day. I'm just going to pop it up here real quick. Breaking news right there. Prime Minister Trudeau, not Speaker Rhoda, which was Anthony Rhoda, invited the Nazi veteran to a reception. That was on February the 5th to 2024. Yes. So that's a fact. The Right Honourable Prime Minister. The attacks that the Leader of the Opposition is choosing to make against the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress demonstrates the extent to which this Conservative Party no longer stands with Ukraine. They have an opportunity in just a few minutes, Mr. Speaker, to stand and vote in favour of a free trade deal that Volodymyr Zelensky himself is asking this House to pass, and he is choosing to not stand with Ukraine, not stand with Ukrainians, and not stand with Ukrainian Canadians. Why are they abandoning Ukraine? Order. The Honourable Member for What an embarrassment it must be for the House Leader to have to clean up the Prime Minister's mess every day. The invitation had the Prime Minister's name on it. Watch as Melissa Lansman asks this question. This question period on this particular day, Trudeau lasted 11 minutes and 10 seconds. Watch people just behind Melissa. Watch their face because they're looking over at watching Trudeau walk out of the House. It came from him, and for months he said only the Speaker invited him. It turned out not to be true. His own house. 
House leader said that the invitation merited a speaker's resignation. The speaker resigned because of him, and all of them watched him do it. So will the Prime Minister be subject to the rules that he imposes on everyone else? So I'm just going to show you the picture that was actually taken as he was walking out. Question period right there. He fled after the issue was brought up. That's what everyone was looking at behind Melissa. And uh, 11 minutes and 10 seconds. That's how long he lasted in the house. Because he didn't want to answer Melissa Lanceman's question. Isn't that something? It boggles my mind. And here we go again for the next one. is... It's going to queue it up here. February the 7th. Eight years ago, before he doubled housing costs, he's not worth the cost of housing, which is up 100%. In the last two years alone, according to Rent.ca, the rent is up 20% or $400 for the average family. And now we learn that construction is in free fall, down 28% last December versus the December before. Will he stop funding bureaucracy and driving up interest rates so that we can bring homes Canadians can afford? Yeah, yeah. The right honourable Prime Minister. Our housing ambition can be best summed up by the Conservative member for Dufferin Caledon who said that it seems that every day our Minister of Housing has a new program, a new announcement, or a new check for Canadians. That's exactly right, Mr. Speaker. We continue to work hand in hand with Canadians, with municipalities across the country. Municipalities need rather insult to get more homes built faster, Mr. Speaker. The investments we're making, including things like taking the GST off purpose-built rental housing, which the Conservatives voted against, will continue to create more homes for Canadians right across the country. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Mr. Speaker, you can't live in announcements and programs. You need homes that have walls and floors and ceilings. The Prime Minister doing another selfie instead of a, in front of a construction site won't do that. In fact, construction is down 28% in December after eight years of this Prime Minister's promises and spending. Will he accept our common sense plan to build homes and not bureaucracy? The right honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, uh, just last week I was in Kitchener-Waterloo making an announcement uh, for today that people are moving into in the coming weeks, and we are announcing how we are building things for tomorrow, as opposed to him who just chooses to insult Canadians, insult mayors, and insult our intelligence. The Honourable Member for Bellage. After eight years, the port authorities are only scanning or inspecting 1% of shipping containers leaving our ports. And that led to the case where Mark Roos had his 2021 Dodge Ram stolen. Luckily, he had an Apple AirTag so he could follow its transit to the port of Montreal, where he knows it to be. He called both the cops 
and the Port Authority, both of which said they don't know which box it's in, so they can't find it. So why won't he accept my common sense plan to buy 24 scanners so we can scan the boxes, find the Dodge Ram, and give it back to Mark? Yeah. Yeah. Right, Honorable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, this would be perhaps a little more credible from the Conservative Party if they hadn't cut a thousand CBSA officers when they were last in government. And they'd proposed to cut 400 more uh, if they had won the 2015 election. The reality is we restored every single border officer they cut and added 800 more. See the people in the background nodding their head? This possibly could be misinformation, but we'll see. We're continuing to do the necessary work. We recovered 1,800 stolen vehicles last year. We'll continue to do... Sorry to interrupt the Prime Minister and to all members. I'm going to ask members please to keep their comments to themselves until they have the microphone or have the floor so that they'll be able to ask their questions or answer their questions. The Honourable Prime Minister has 15 seconds on the clock. Mr. Speaker, while Conservatives cut... Uh, frontline border services officers, as, along with cuts to the RCMP, cuts to police forces across the country, we invested in them. And we're going to continue to do that with $121 million for Ontario, more investments for port and border security. We're going to continue to step up and keep Canadians safe. Here, here. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. You know the Prime Minister's strength is not math, but the facts are that we took office. There were about 12,000 working as CBSA officials, and when we left office there, was o there were over 14,000. Oh. So 14,000 is more than 12,000, oh. Prime Minister, with the numbers. It's true that we cut back office bureaucracy and high-priced consultants, which he has ballooned, and that's why after eight years he has increased auto theft by 32%. Will he accept our common sense plan to cut high-priced consultants and hire more front-line inspectors? You're right, Honourable Prime Minister. I can't help but smile when the Leader of the Opposition talks about high-priced consultants because it's yeah. his campaign being run by a high-priced consultant for Loblaws. When he stands in this place and across the country, uh, wrenching his heartstrings uh, about the, the uh, prices the Canadians are paying for groceries, when his top advisor is in the pocket of Loblaws, giving him the same talking points as she gives David Galen Weston when he appeared at Parliamentary Committee. Mr. Speaker, if Canadians are going to believe this leader of the opposition, he needs to come clean with who is funding his organization. Look at all the Liberals jumping up and clapping. Well, watch what's about to happen. Order. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. He's sure getting desperate if he has to blame Conservative campaign workers for the fact that he raised food prices, especially when, Mr. Speaker, the Prime Minister's new marketing director, Max Veliket, did marketing for Loblaws for four years. Don Guy, Don Guy, the Prime Minister's chief pollster, works for GT & Co., which collects checks from Loblaws. Getting checks from Loblaws. Are they the ones that forced him to quadruple the carbon tax? <laughs>
That's a gotcha moment right there. Order! I know it's Wednesday. I know it's you Wednesday. Members I think I'm entitled to The Right Honorable Prime Minister answers the question. Right Honorable Prime Minister. Speaker, you can tell it's Wednesday because this morning uh, the members of the Conservative Caucus got to hear directly from Jenny Byrne, who sits in their caucus with them, uh, giving them advice. So that is exactly where they're coming. When she is actively on the Loblaws payroll, while at the same time feeding lines to the Leader of the Opposition uh, about food prices and concocting uh, a theory He makes it too easy. He talks about caucus meetings and Loblaws. Get this. The Prime Minister had someone who is his director of caucus services named Julie DeWolf, who is now a lobbyist for Loblaws. His chief dirt digger, Kevin Bosch, left his office so that he could go and work as a lobbyist for Loblaws. Would he like us to continue going down the list of all of his Loblaws lobbyists, Mr. Speaker? the flailing of the Conservatives right now as they do anything to try to distract from the fact that their campaign manager, their, the leader of the opposition, top advisor, is and still, a, still contrib gets contributions and paychecks from Loblaws. This is an issue. When he has stand stood up and pretended to care about food prices, when we hear the exact same talking points come out of Galen Weston's mouth as out of the leader of the opposition's mouth on some invented connection between the price on pollution and grocery prices, we know exactly who is behind the Conservative Party. Mr. Speaker. He unleashed the car theft crisis by bringing in house arrest and, and bail, not jail, for repeat career car thieves, and by allowing our ports to become sieves where our cars are stolen from, so much so that we're now becoming world famous for the Prime Minister's failures. The Ghana Economic and Organized Crime Office says we are in possession of stolen vehicles, the victims, it's all in Canada. No Canadian agency has approached us directly or made a formal complaint. Will he take the money from the back office bureaucrats and consultants and put it into frontline law enforcement to protect our car? 
Right Honorable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Amir, the Leader of the Opposition likes to make uh, base political accusations. He likes to talk about C5 and C75 as the reason there is auto theft in this country. The reality is C5 is the bill that keeps mandatory minimum penalties for car theft on the books, and C75 is the bill that raises the maximum penalty on car theft. We've continued to step up in terms of keeping Canadians safe. We will continue to invest in the CBSA and in the resources necessary uh, to counter these challenges. We will keep working based on facts and evidence, Mr. Speaker. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Well, here are the actual facts. Let's go through them. C5 keeps mandatory prison sentences. Mr. Speaker, they were already in place, put there by the previous Conservative government. They weren't created by C5. What C5 did is they brought in, it brought in house arrest for career car thieves so they can watch Netflix or perhaps play Grand Theft Auto in their living room and then go out onto the street and steal another car whenever they want. Will you follow my common sense plan to end house arrest for career car thieves? Right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, in the Leader of the Opposition's simplistic worldview, someone sitting on their couch at home playing video games goes out and steals an Escalade. That's not what happens, Mr. Speaker. Organized crime is directly involved in the massive spike in auto theft in this country. That's why what we are stepping up on in investment in anti-organized uh, crime, investments against money laundering that that party voted against, investments in more powers and more uh, resources for Ontario to counter auto theft, and indeed more resources for the CBSA that they cut when they last left office. We'll the Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Mr. Speaker, actually people do steal cars when they're on house arrest because all they have to do is open the door and walk out and steal the car. Then there's his bail policy, which allowed the same 40 offenders to be arrested 6,000 times in Vancouver in a year, many of them car thieves. So, will he accept my common sense plan to get rid of house arrest and bring in jail, not bail, for career car thieves? Yes or no? questions the leader of the opposition asked about car theft, he hasn't once mentioned organized crime, which is the cause of car theft in this country right now. And that's why perhaps he's not mentioning it because when we brought forward measures to counter organized crime and money laundering, the Conservative Party voted against that. Uh, we move forward with more resources for Ontario, $121 million to counter organized crime and car theft. The Conservative Party voted against. Mr. Speaker, we will continue to anchor ourselves in facts and data and deliver on keeping Canadians safe. Here, here. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Speaker, he wants facts. Here's another fact. Extortions are up 218% since he took office. Why? Because he got rid of mandatory jail time for extortion with a weapon. So now he allows extortionists to go around with guns harassing small business owners 
in Brampton, in Surrey, in Calgary, and Edmonton, where horror stories are unfolding? Will he agree to our common sense plan to, re to reverse catch and release so that Canadians are safe from extortion? Okay. The Right Honourable Prime Minister. First of all, Mr. Speaker, the situation faced by far too many people across this country around extortion from organized crime is unacceptable and that is why we are taking action directly with the RCMP and local police forces to counter it. But once again, we see conservatives falling into the same far-right American trap uh, in their approach on crime that doesn't work, that doesn't keep Canadians safe, that it sounds good in sound bites and attacks, but doesn't actually deliver safer communities. It's like their opposition to gun control and their desire to put assault-style weapons back on the street. They don't keep Canadians safe. The work we do. So I'd like to, uh, colleagues, uh, before you saw a hesitation in the previous round when the speaker was a little confused as to who was going to be speaking next. It, as it turns out, we had deprived the leader of the opposition a question. I don't know if the, the leader of the opposition wants it now or would he like it in the next round. So take it right now. The honourable leader of the opposition. Mr. Speaker, let's talk about the cold, hard facts. There were two-thirds less ex cases of extortion in the last year of the common sense conservative government than there are today. In the 10 years we were in office, the number of car thefts fell by half. And that was because we targeted the worst offenders, kept them in prison, we secured our ports, and stopped organized crime. The Prime Minister has only multiplied crime with his catch and release policies. Will he follow the evidence and reinstate a common sense criminal justice I hate to interrupt the Honourable Member, and I don't know if it was picked up on the mics, but I did pick up some language that was unparliamentary, and I'll ask all members to please watch themselves. The Right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, what we hear from the Leader of the Opposition is, uh, under the previous Conservative government, everything was perfect, and what he is proposing to do is to make Canada great again. That is not what Canadians want. He is pining... Did you hear what he just said? He just said that Pierre wants to make Canada great again, and that's not what Canadians want. So I'm going to play that again for you here, see if I can pick it up. Here we go. Perfect. And what he is proposing to do is to make Canada great again. That is not what Canadians want. He is pining for a nostalgia that, quite frankly, Canadians do not feel. They remember what he did as part of Stephen Harper's failed housing minister. He remembers the people who, the rights of individuals. In the, uh I'm going to cut that off right there. It's the end of that one anyway. But to say that Canadians do not want to make Canada great again, does that make sense to anybody at all? That's crazy. I'm going to take that little clip, that little sound clip, and I'm going to play that again, just because you have to hear it. Again. What we hear from the Leader of the Opposition is uh, under the previous Conservative government everything was perfect and what he is proposing to do is to make Canada great again. That is not what Canadians want. He is... That's not what Canadians want. That's not what Canadians want. Unbelievable.
unbelievable. That thing's good. That, that clip right there is going to go viral. 100%. All right, so this is getting really long because it's a little over an hour, but you know what? Great if you're listening to the audio part. You'd be in your vehicle wherever you can listen to all the stuff that happened in the last week and a bit in our House of Commons in Canada, and it'll catch you up to speed up to present day. There was also, um, just before I play this next clip here, just going to cue it up here. Uh, Michelle Ferrari, she introduced a, she introduced a, um, a petition a little while ago about a, a no-confidence vote. And this happened about halfway through uh, last week. Um, she brought it forth just before question period one day. And, it, you know, wasn't even covered by the media, of course. Social media scooped over it. But I'm going to play it for you here right now. Presenting petitions, uh, the Honourable Member... Peter, for Peterborough. Mr. Speaker, I rise today to present e-petition 4701, the highest signed e-petition in Canadian history with 387,487. Wow. Petitioners state that they have lost confidence in the Prime Minister. The petitioners ask the state and the current government is not acting in the best interest of all citizens right. and the petitioners call upon the house of commons to call for a vote of non-confidence and a federal election 45 days following the vote so right after that a liberal liberal mp stood up on the other side of the house and uh he said oh i have a petition here too i have a petition as well and it was signed by 30 people. Um, I think it was a bit of a slap in the face in regards to almost 400,000 Canadian people who went on and signed that online uh, for a vote of non-confidence against Trudeau. An absolute slap in the face to other Canadians who signed that um, petition. Almost 400,000 Canadians signed that. And this guy said, oh, I have a petition here for 30. Uh, it's like, come on. It's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. So like I said, listen, uh, this is a fairly long podcast just because I had to try to compile all the uh, questions and answers uh, for the last week and a week and a bit. And uh, it's a little over an hour. Like I said, you can you know, probably listen to it on, in your car when you're going for a long drive on the audio por- uh, portion of it, which can be found on, uh, like I've mentioned, past podcast, Spotify. It uh, can also be found on Rumble. And you can also find the audio part, like I said, on Spotify, or you can find it on uh, any Apple or Android um, a podcast app, just look for the Surge Affect and look for my logo and you will find it very quickly. Uh, thank you very much for listening to my podcast, everyone. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and like my channel. Much appreciated. When you also, when you ring the little bell as well, you'll be notified. Click, click the bell and you'll be notified uh, in future when I uh, upload uh, future videos to my channel. Um, hope you enjoyed, like I said, this little uh, recap of the last week and a bit of our House of Commons. Gives you a bit of, bit of our understanding of what's going on in our, in our country uh, with, these, uh, with these leaders that we vote into office. Anyway, until next podcast, everyone, thanks again for listening. Until next time, everyone, cheers. This episode sponsored by He Shirts, She Shirts. Go to www.heshirtsheshirts.ca. Just type in the letters TSA, the surge effect. When you check out, type in TSA for your coupon and receive 10% off your next purchase. 
Thanks for listening to today's podcast, everybody.